Kakona, y'all. This episode of Power Spike is brought to you by Trolley Sour Bright Crawlers, the multi-flavored sour gummy worms that want nothing more than for you to chew their delicious sour heads and bodies into pieces. Trolley Sour Bright Crawlers beat to their own, uh, crawl to the beat of their own yummy gummy drum, unlike any other sour gummy out there. We're back, everyone. Welcome back. Power Spike after a month hiatus. Just like waiting for, uh, you know, the worlds <laughs> to start here. Everyone, Monty has now moved and left the continent. He's no longer here in America because world <laughs> is in Korea over there. They if you can't out. tell. He blamed <laughs> NA enough and they just fucking kicked him out. They deported him Trump style. Yeah. Well, how come you're still there? <laughs> <laughs> because, because they know deep down I love NA. It's different. It's different from you. You actually just hate North America. You hate Americans. You hate North America, and you want the LCS to die. Like, you I said what, as much on the show. One actually. of those. One of those things is true. One of those three things is true. I'll let you decide which one it is. Well, that's basically the episode. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs> yeah, that's the We're done. Uh, also, Dom. Just in case y'all couldn't couldn't tell, Dom's. Dom's face looking skinny as fuck, man. Dom, you're looking good, <laughs> bro. On the grind, baby. <laughs> Thank calories you, in, calories out. Treadmill looking good. Treadmill work looking good. How is it a month oh, treating yeah. you? The month. How was, how was your month? Yeah. Uh, yeah, off. it's been good. It's been it's been nice to just like have time to focus on other stuff. Like I've been, you know, like I mean, I, I've talked to you guys about it before, but I normally read a lot, and during the season, it gets hard to like actually sit down and read a book because it always feels like there's something you need to do because outside of like streaming and doing the talk shows what people don't know about streamers is like most of us even if you have agents and stuff you're still negotiating a lot of your own brand deals and you still have to sure. have meetings about for example like this show discussions about you know what content you have lined up talk to your editor like pay people i mean it's like a whole thing so mm -hmm. when you're in the season and you might be streaming like 200 hours you're not only doing 200 hours of stuff uh per month and it gets it's really hard to like find a moment to like sit down and read so it's been nice to just watch my dolphins kick the shit out of your guys broncos <laughs> read a fucking book, like just chill out and just just relax and enjoy life a little bit because my god like there is something so satisfying by uh, about seeing just my team just absolutely obliterate your team in, in like the worst way possible like honestly i don't think i've ever seen a team get beat that badly and i've been watching the nfl for like 30 well, years so there was the Cowboys Giants game earlier this season, and my wife yeah. is a Giants fan, and we actually had a discussion as to which loss was worse: the forty the to zero. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the seventy point one was just crazy. I mean, the thing the is, the Giants literally did nothing. At least the Broncos like showed some offensive prowess early earlier in the game. Now it was a genuine. The Dolphins ass beating, gave though. up by the fourth quarter. We we pulled our whole <laughs> offense essentially by like yeah. the beginning of the fourth quarter. I mean, it makes sense. And we still ran it up an extra like 21 points on your ass or Look, something. I'm, yeah. I, I'm, I'm excited for the Broncos tanking and the uh, toilet bowl between the Bears and the Broncos that is going to happen uh, tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. going to be the worst game ever. <laughs> Wait, tomorrow's a fucking banger. Bills, Dolphins. Holy shit. I'm ready. That too. Without Von Miller, though, Bills are kind of banged up. So I'll yep. be interested for the second matchup there. Also, Marvin Minns Jr., the Broncos mm -hmm. receiver and kick returner got me 28 fantasy points because he had so many kickoff returns. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I go with the Giants one was a lot worse. That was embarrassing. That one was pretty brutal. <laughs> like, I think the stat was like the the Giants had been outscored 68 to zero in the first, what, like six or six seven quarters, quarters of the yeah. game uh, of the season or something like that before they came back against Arizona or whatever. But anyways, yeah, I, I 
I watched that that game and like I, I remember I turned it while well, I was like watching like a couple different games and I turned that game off because I thought it was so over like in the first half I'm like damn like the Cardinals are actually like looking kind of good like okay like this is going to be free and then somehow I turned it back on and the score was tied in the fourth quarter at that point I just knew the Cardinals were going to lose 100% <laughs> yeah I actually because of that game I stress ate so much I had to go get my own bag of <laughs> trolleys for this week so uh thank you trolley for supporting us and uh uh, I will be making a call to you soon to get another bag. So that. <laughs> he because it's going to be a long out. fucking season. I'm going to I'm going to look around here in Korea and see if I can find some because I I uh, I haven't tried yet, but I will I will acquire some here. I'm sure. One of one of our fans in um, Japan hit us up on Twitter saying can't find it in normal stores. Went to our like um, our international exchange store and was able to find it there. So thank you very much for going the extra mile. We love seeing you guys and your bags of trolley gummy worms please continue to do so throughout worlds thank you all right with that said we had uh let, let, let's turn to worlds guys it's it's finally here had our little bit of a break had time to go over some of the vod and some of the other regions reevaluate some of our takes so this episode will be a little bit forward towards uh, uh actually this episode is going to be more towards the year that was 2023 come everything that happened whether uh, our favorite moments you know our biggest surprises biggest frauds and uh a certain team no longer existing the existence is gone who knows oh, what that means for the future you love to see it yeah uh <laughs> but speaking of some something not existing anymore there was an announcement that came out recently um with a fellow talent content creator peer uh Kedril has announced that he is no longer going to be casting. Uh, he's taking a step back and, and on a twit longer uh, or Twitter blue extended post was able to explain the rigors of both being a caster and a content creator at such a high level and the toll it took. And he made the decision to step down from casting. Um, for me, I think Cadrell provided a lot of great insight that, as a pro player, just it's just something that you're able to do as a pro player and 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 speak to your own experience that is valid. He was able to do that. He was able to do it entertainingly. I think his craft level was high. But I also appreciate the fact that he understood that because I love this craft of broadcast and casting and, and all of that. I appreciate the fact that once he knew he couldn't do both. He made way. He's made space now for future entertainers and future casters to also get in there and be able to tell their story and tell the stories of League of Legends uh, in a unique way. So I thought that was also very gracious of him as well. So with that, I want to ask you guys, what are your thoughts here on Cadrell, the impact that he had, the decision that he made to retire? Monty, let's start with you. Uh, well, he was my favorite caster. I think he was really good uh as far as a transition from a professional player into somebody who took very seriously the craft of casting and really dedicated himself to it i thought he was he was amazing uh so i'm really gonna miss him on the broadcast but i also understand because there's no way in hell that he's making more money from casting than he is the millions of dollars he's making from his streaming and i also think that 
in you know considering he does do variety streams as well he has the chance to just break out of esports and just be a mega streaming star as it is so why the fuck would you stick stick around if you have these other opportunities and i think i totally understand his position like dom's on that grind as well of co-streaming everything but to do that and also to have to go to all the meetings and show up to the studio to do the lec broadcast is is just a ton of work it's a ton of work so i i don't I don't blame him at all. I think that it makes total sense. Don, what yeah. do you make of uh, this? <clears throat> so I recently saw his world's tier list and he had uh, in the bottom of it in his world's tier list, he said, where are those frauds OMG? Uh, <laughs> at the bottom of his tier list. Oh, no. So, I mean, I got to say, I think that he's kind of just a fraud at this point. I mean, I think he was a fraudulent caster. You know, I think the broadcast will be better off without him. And uh, yeah, I think that, that he is the embodiment of the shy's level of play he is the casting version of the shy's <laughs> level of play in 2023 that's what i would say about that guy all right <laughs> but he's also one of my good friends and you know i give him a lot of i i, I you know I, I gave him a lot of uh shit because of like you know the wave of omg uh stuff but yeah i mean i think that he was just literally the most knowledgeable caster i mean it's really op being a former pro player and then going into like color casting if you've seen like you know, the trajectory of people like Crepo, for example. Crepo was the person before Cadrill that filled that that portion. And Deficio was also like Deficio, there too, yeah. where it's like you have supports that I guess like maybe when did Crepo retire? Season five, season six or something. And then he joined the broadcast afterwards. Deficio retired in like season three. But that's something that's very needed on broadcasts. And I think yep. the issue is that it's very hard to find pro players that are well-spoken but that also are going to like be willing to take a casting job because the alternative is obviously streaming and streaming is, is something that's like much more lucrative than, than casting historically. So um, I, I think that he, they like LEC was really lucky that they got him at the time before his stream, like really blew up and he was able to just provide all that insight into the broadcast because there's just really no one else to do it. I mean, you can you can study the game all you want, but there's something different about being able to also like play at a high level. You're just going to see situations a lot more clearly um, when you have that in-game experience. And, you know, like he was obviously, I think, just the best caster in the world at that. So um, I, I, I'm obviously I think LEC is going to take a hit. But realistically, I mean, with him being one of the biggest streamers now in like the entire League of Legends section, there's no reason for him to continue casting. I mean, he's he's not gaining anything from casting anymore. He's not keeping himself relevant by casting. Like, he's relevant enough doing his own stuff um, by himself. Yeah, we've seen the, the, the trend be players retiring and then moving to casting, whether, you know, the European examples that you just said uh, from earlier, I think also like Cloud Templar, uh, another one, Huni, another yeah. one, both in English and the Korean broadcast. Uh, I feel like there's one more uh, Korean uh, Wolf uh, Korean player has been Wolf. is yep. is quite popular over there. I I think the problem that that pro players have when they move to casting is first off not necessarily a dedication to learning how to do the broadcast and the mm -hmm. technical abilities that it requires, and the second one is. I've seen certain pro players where when they get an opportunity to cast, their game knowledge is very good at the start, but because they, they are not accustomed to grinding film, their knowledge kind of falls off a cliff after like a year if they're not keeping up with the meta because they're just used to having all that information 
um, fed to them by playing the game or by coaches and analysts and everybody on their team. And so if you're not actually a, a film grinder, uh, which most pro players, I would say, are not, um, you're not going to have a, a very good perspective uh, once you stop playing professionally a lot of the time. But but, you know, people like Crepo, people like uh, Deficio, people like uh, Cadrol were all film grinders, so it makes sense. But I think it can be a tough transition for a lot of pro players to move from playing the game all the time to just kind of more passively watching it. Yeah. So uh, with that, Cadrol making the step down, as you said, LEC will take a hit. But again, that's also the same team that I think. Uh, helped flourish that casting ability and and allowed uh, Cadrill to get to the level that he was. So what I like about this is now Cadrill's na- making the next step towards, I guess, casters, uh, players becoming casters and now becoming full-time streamers and seeing that he's really uh, moving he's that. He's a new forward. version of XQC in a way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like people forget XQC yes. was a fucking pro player. Right? I cast him. I mean, I know XQC like- very well. <laughs> He took a lot of inspiration from XQC, but I think it's smart to do like emulating. I mean, I would say like Kesha does essentially the same thing. I think taking inspiration from bigger streamers, it's like anything else. Like you're in a competitive field. You look at who the the top people are and you try to emulate what they do. Yep. All right. Well, or you just hate on T1 for you. I mean, there's different uh, there's different like ways you can approach it. But, you know, it is what it is. Cadrill, moving on, let's take a second to look back at the year that was 2023. And we start off with a classic here on Power Spike. It's time, Monty. It's fraud alert time. We're going in to the biggest frauds of 2023. And think about it. We have a lot of candidates. I actually have three. I'm using three for me, but I'm excited to hear what you guys have. Let's get into it. This week's fraud alert, the biggest frauds of 2023. Oh, Monty, deep in thought here on which one. <laughs> We're is just going to have a fraud fiesta right now. You That's can call. Feel, I, I, I'm going to open up the floor. We can call out teams, individual players, anyone. Anybody is up for a okay. fraud of the there's, year. Okay, there's two <laughs> obvious ones. The two teams that are the obvious frauds of the year are sure. FlyQuest and Vitality. Yes. Like those are just the two where indisputably it's just they're supposed to be literally the best teams in their region or like second best teams in their region depending on how high you rated g2 i mean flyquest was just supposed to be just straight up the best yep. team in na like mm-hmm. not even close like mm-hmm. the talent level was just way too high especially if you remember the the season that prince was coming off of so those two teams like disgusting year like they went ninth and tenth with two of the best rosters in the weakest region like in the weakest regions it's so crazy by the way, that is such an outrageous thing to happen in both regions simultaneously for both yeah. of these teams to be so highly rated, make make roster moves that on paper look good and then completely and totally shit the bed in the end. Well, if we make it positive, the one of the biggest frauds could be Golden Guardians because we thought they were going to suck ass and they ended up being one of the better teams <laughs> of the year. That's nothing more fraudulent. If you were betting on that team to lose every every game, you got absolutely fucked. Vegas took you, right? Esports <laughs> bet took you here, right? But uh, not exactly the case here. Uh, all right, so we'll we'll keep it the other way. We'll we'll keep it. Uh, we thought we we're going to be good, but we're bad. We'll, we'll keep it that kind of fraudulent, the the way that it's intended. Uh, Let's let's throw it out there. Uh, FlyQuest. I feel like FlyQuest, we could start there in North America. That felt like a team that 
it's tough to call this one fraudulent with a specific person because every every person <laughs> I talk to, whether it's a player or a coach, Papa Smithy, uh, LS, they were they could not pinpoint what the issue was, and that to me is it's it's kind of. Fishy. Really, it's I fishy. can look at the fucking. I mean, the the biggest issue is that Vicla was just playing like shit in like the majority of summer. Like he was just playing like like literally the worst mid in the entire league. They had to sub him for fucking Spyrax in one of the weeks when they were like on the fucking like chopping block. They were subbing him for Spyrax. That's it was the always the, one it was like, always the plan though, Dom. It was it was the rookie the of the year in LCK. He's supposed to be one of the most right, I gotta promising set, I gotta young Korean players. All right, all right, we got to set this up because the expectation coming into the year was was obviously like. You know, pretty insane. So as Dom says, Vikla is the reigning LCK rookie of the year. He did look legitimately good uh, when he was on KT last year. We were all excited for him. Prince was coming over from Live Sandbox. This guy was a top three AD carry within LCK. Uh, he almost hard carried his team to the world championship. Uh, barely lost out there. And he was the bright spot. He was a very high economy, high damage output, ultra carry. And he showed that in his first few weeks here. Not only that, but they got the world championship coach. And regardless of what you think about DRX, I don't think that run is possible without good coaching because they vastly, I mean, yeah, I think they got everybody the wrong had... one. They should have gone Mowgli. They got the wrong <laughs> one. They attributed the wrong coach. That was the problem. There you go. Like, this uh, guy so... is the head coach? Oh, he's the head coach. It's like, dude, I don't give a fuck about the head coach most of the time. I want the strategic coach. I want the guy that's actually fucking talking the game, so... Uh, yeah. Everybody was excited about Spica, who looked like a, a rising star in North America. Impact, obviously, huge signing, just the rock of the mid lane, super consistent. It, it on paper, it makes sense that you would pair Impact, you know, kind of a weak side player with Prince uh, in in the bot lane. Obviously, they're. You know, their support situation was a little bit dicey at the start of the year due to some visa issues, and bo both of their supports ended up being bad. But then halfway through the year, they go ahead and they get Vulcan, which is probably the biggest on-paper upgrade and one of the most valuable players in North America because he is a top-tier native North American player. So all of these roster moves make sense on paper, and yet this team is just absolutely miserable after the few first few weeks of competition in spring. I feel like, I feel like Dom here, it, it, it just, what, what could they have done? Was there anything else they could have done? Or is this, is this why this is the biggest fraudulency in, in the league? I mean, I think that, that what normally happens with these super teams is that when they're playing like shit, they don't like acknowledge that they're actually shit at that point. They're like, like we still have good enough players like we like we'll get it done we can still play everything like they needed to just go into their crisis mode way earlier they it felt like they weren't really in crisis mode until like four weeks in or something where they're like okay like this shit is bad like we have to win like what four out of our next six games to even <laughs> like have a shot of making playoffs that's when they started going into their crisis mode they should yeah, yeah. be like at that point like most teams when they're when they're bad for the first two weeks that's good enough and especially with how intense the schedule was, they just needed to to really just fucking like figure out what they could do to make playoffs. Like, what are our, our, our best comps? What do they play? Even at the end, like, okay, here, here's the question. Monty, what was their style in summer? Like, what were they good at? What, what did they play? What did they play in summer? 
you don't know uh, if they played in summer. Like, there's nothing to. It's like, oh, they kind of like Jace Malk, like Ivern Malk. Like, what baby. the fuck was that? What was their? What was FlyQuest style? No one knows because there there isn't an answer because they I didn't just have remember a style the terrible just... Vicla any games. <laughs> I mean, he played like a terrible. He played terrible Annie games. He was playing Tristana. That was like one of their things where they're like Tristana Ivern slash Tristana Malkai. Then then everyone realized Tristana was banned or like really OP, so it was banned every game. Then they started incorporating Jace, but no one knows what the fuck they're doing. Yep, I, I agree. I mean, they didn't they didn't really ever nail down a style. They they didn't sub Vikla out soon enough, in my opinion, or create actual competition within that role. Uh, there were clearly synergy or morale issues that went relatively unaddressed. There, there's no reason that this level of talent was so t so bad. Like there, there had to be something they could have done to fix it. And uh, we did see their GM get let go. So perhaps that was part of the issue. And 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 remember, this team started eight and zero. Like I, I almost forgot about that too. They started eight and fucking zero and just tore up the league in spring. Yep. Uh, thank you, guy in chat, for reminding me that. Yeah, I mean, it reminds you of Vitality. <laughs> in in winter, they went seven and two, and then just bombed out in and the they group like stage. Shit, shit on G two super hard in that split too. They, that was the game where Bo played Vi into uh, Yikes Udir, and he completely like ran the entire game. It was like, yeah, goddamn, this guy's a freak. Like he's just maybe the best Western, the the best imported player we've ever seen. Like he was in that conversation. Prince was in that conversation. There was a point where if you like cut the tape. About three weeks in to spring slash winter, obviously, of, of LEC, you cut the tape and you say, like, what is the trajectory here? Logically, Prince and Bo were on the trajectories to be the two best imports yes. in the West. Ever. I literally said that at the time about Prince. I said I asked the question, is Prince the best import player ever to come to North America? What did we say? We said perks, right? The, uh, perks Bjergsen. It would be Bjergsen in North America for sure, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I, I mean, I impact. think Prince. Yeah, impact would be another one. Um, I think that Prince was his ceiling was just so crazy, and his level of dominance was so complete in the early weeks that it it made a lot of sense to talk about him in that way. Now, obviously, that take has aged very poorly. <laughs> <laughs> but given you can the only information do, we had at the time, yeah, yeah. given the information that I had, we, he looked amazing. He was just dominating. Uh, so FlyQuest was one of my three. Vitality was one of my three, but I'm going to go a little bit more specific here. And Dom, you might hate me for this, but I'm using you as the example here. I feel like it's Bo, right? Bo was pretty fraudulent because it was, I don't think I've seen you get a player's trajectory as wrong as Bo, right? You were right with Johnson. You're right with Tactical. Bo's someone who we've been waiting I mean, for. Is, to I be still the think guy. Bo is like good. Like I don't blame yeah. Bo for the fact that Vitality sucked. Like I think that they used Bo in literally the worst way you could possibly use a player yeah. of that skill level. Like so, when I watch him play, it's like, yeah, you, okay, you you took a guy who is literally like somebody who is one of the best carry. Like he like as soon as they got eliminated, he had rank one in EU with like eighty percent win rate. When do you see that? 80% win rate? You know how hard well, it is to win 80% of your games in what Challenger? Are you, what, are you, what are you talking about? Vikla was rank one in NA when... Yeah, so you see... <laughs> but, I mean, the thing is that Vikla actually, like, you know, he grinded for it. He put in, like, a ton of games. Whereas Bo is just, like, a player where when he plays carries, he is just that fucking guy. He's just, like, the one of the best carry junglers you'll ever find, right? So, 
you take this guy and you put him on Maokai duty perma almost like the entire year. It's like, what do you think is going to fucking happen? Like, why not? And and the thing that's, that's crazy, it's, it's not even that carry junglers were not playable. Like, people were playing carry junglers, but they just refused to let Bo play carry junglers. They thought that the team just wouldn't function like that. And I just think that that was just, like, one of the worst uses of a player I, I, I've seen. So, like, I would not be surprised if Bo just comes back on a different team. I mean, the rumors right now that everyone's talking about because Ebai is is really good friends with Elioya. They think Elioya is going to join Koi, and then Mad Lions will get somebody like Bo. If Bo plays with Niski, bro, they're going to fucking run the league. Like, they're going to be a top team for sure. <laughs> That's actually an exciting combo. I'd be into that. It is exciting, but clip this. Here we go. It's the Bo, the Bo train. And I, yeah, I just think of the... The type of situation and the type of environment that led to him with probably one of my favorite tweets of the year when they lost and him smoking the cigarette <laughs> so outside. <good. laughs> that was great. That was super great. That was also very not teamworky and very kind of unprofessional, right? But <laughs> hilarious, super hilarious. I mean, it's just Vitality is another one of those teams where you just know that things had to be going wrong at a pretty deep level inside that team you can't in the similar way to FlyQuest, it can't just be like one player playing badly there's just too much talent so well, it was a you know misappropriation of resources uh using bow incorrectly but potentially communication issues I mean, resentment the about week, right? so he, he only played six games at the end of the day he only played six games in summer like that is pretty fucking low when when you consider yeah. everything when you compare that to playing like what you do in NA where you're playing 18 games. Like I think that the, the summer like roster management was really weird. And then there was this whole, like there was this whole thing, which I guess we can talk about now. It's been so long since then where vitality was trying to get inspired for that last week. And apparently the, the rumors are that inspired even like got to the airport and he was like ready to fucking take the flight and join vitality for that last week. And then like last moment, it was just called off for some reason. Like he was just not able to play like the last moment so like they benched Bo, and it ended up just being for a rookie 17 year old who like mains viego that's what that's what they ended up doing for like the last three games like, it, it's it's so crazy but i think lec when you look at like teams that heavily underperform in lec i mean we saw mad lions almost not make it into uh top eight like they qualified eighth and they even ended up did they win that is that the split they won i think that's the split they won right where they were or no no that wasn't the split they won was was it the split they won when they went three and six? I think it was right. LEC Spring. Uh, yes, they went three and six. They were eighth yeah. place, and they yes, beat and they BDS won, and they won the split, and they won the split. So like, you're gonna see a lot more variance in that format because there's just less games, and like the break point, like three and six. It's like you can start three and six. I mean, this happens to teams where they start three and six and best of ones. But in NA, it's way less forgivable, uh, forgivable because it's eight teams and you have 18 games and the teams are worse. Like the ball, like you have some immortals in North just America. Terrible. Yeah, some <laughs> of the teams are just horrible. Uh, all right, so we hit the big two. I'm, I'm interested in other ones that you guys have. Obviously, Vitality, obviously, FlyQuest. I have a niche one here, which okay. I think is going to be very unpopular and I hate saying this, but also... I just I just think about if I'm an organization, I just got completely fucked. And it is the fraudulency, I gotta get this right so that the the fanboys and girls don't like get upset. The fraudulency is Bjergsen's drive to play. 
because you made a plan to bring Bjergsen and double lift in with this roster and you left just like empty handed there. That feels insanely <laughs> fucked. And again, any other player does this and they get flamed, they get contract jailed, they get, you know, like thrown out the spike. Bjergsen didn't even fucking tell Nate shot that he was leaving. He just <laughs> left. He made a video and said, here's a video in an hour or in a day. See ya. And they had to get Quid, who had never left Korea before. <laughs> I went to the compound one time over like that spring summer break in between, and the guys are sitting there fod reviewing and like an academy game of Gen G. That was nuts, and it fucked the hundred thieves. And then double if like has you know he's tanking all the aggro. They're like ah he's washed out whatever. Peter put in the work. Peter put in the work. He was fucking yeah. dying. He got like stabbed in the ribs or whatever the fuck and was internally bleeding and was still playing. Like, yep. And Bjergsen yeah. quit. He left. I have a question. I have a question. Do you think it was the LCSPA? Do you think it was Phil Aram that actually stabbed him in the ribs for completely <laughs> ruining the negotiation? Because, <laughs> like, I wasn't even involved. And I kind of wanted to stab him in the ribs in game when I heard him talking about this shit. So, like, I'm, just, I'm wondering. Wow, like, he, just got, he, he was a snitch and so he got shanked like he was in prison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, straight up. That, that's how it works here. It's America, baby. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, you know, that's the only way you're going to learn. He's lucky it wasn't a poo shank, bro. You can get infections from that shit. <laughs> I often think of the LCS like a prison. So I'm... <laughs> oh, never mind. <laughs> I, I often think of uh, LCS like a prison, so I'm I'm enjoying this analogy. <laughs> That's a good theory, right. though. I like it. <laughs> uh, what else? What else do you got here, Monty? In terms of frauds, fraudulency, I, I do like the Phil Aram protest one. Also, as like a side bring up of fraudulency. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that's a pretty good one. Uh, one one that's in LCK would obviously be Hanwha Life. I don't think we anticipated that Hanwha Life would be good, right? Because we knew that DRX was a patch Zerg team and that King and, and, and Zekka probably wouldn't be regaining their form. But there was, I think, for the casual fan, a lot of hype around these two world champions joining this Hanwha Life roster with Viper coming back from China. And there was an expectation that they would do much better than perhaps they did. I think they played about how you, you one would have expected, uh, given the, the level of this roster overall. We couldn't have foreseen Clid just completely griefing the team and then getting kicked out. Uh, <laughs> that was a surprise. <laughs> I didn't think he would I don't I didn't think he would perform that badly and then also have a scandal that caused him to be removed, which in many ways was a blessing. Um but yeah, I I mean this this roster was obviously designed to make the world championship if you're Hanwell Life and it was just incredibly badly GM'd. But I think unlike Vitality and and uh FlyQuest, which the GMing kind of made sense and we were excited about it. I was like not very excited about Hanwell Life, but they were still kind of fraudulent in the end. Viper. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I hope Viper's on a good team next year. That's that, that's my take. Yeah, uh, I mean, he he left LPL, so I mean, he he deserved to suffer for a year because of that. <laughs> this was the year. This was the punishment year. Look, look at how else? look at how much better LPL treats the superstar. Look at Ruler, bro. 
Look at what look at what ruler got for teammates compared to he had fucking life and rascal on his team. Like he was playing with life and rascal. <laughs> Is there any more ELO held you can be than play with playing with life and rascal on a team that's trying to win worlds? Like he was hardcore ELO held. And then came over to the LPL, came over to JDG. His teammates like missing missing would would give his firstborn to save ruler one time like hey <laughs> this guy will sell every like if anyone yeah. engages on ruler he's instantly flashing exhausted he'll flash into skill shot like this guy protects him like the best bodyguard you'll ever see in your entire fucking life instead he had just life just inting like life would just int to try to start fights that was his support before this now viper is getting the life treatment you know, it is what it is. <laughs> Those were five or six, I think about six of our biggest uh, frauds of 2023. If you guys at home have some that we haven't brought up, please let us know. In I mean, the, the, the other one, below. the other one we have to shout out, Degon, is just like all of T1's ability to shot call in games. <laughs> I mean, the removal of Faker, it was just shocking how badly they were playing. Like, I get that Poby sucks, but why does Zayas suck? when Faker's not in the team. Like, why does Zayas' laning... What is going on? It's just the Faker aura buffs him in lane? Like, I don't understand how this team is so significantly worse on an individual level when Faker isn't there. I guess the fraudulency is, are the claims of, of Faker's downfall here. Like, it's... That's pretty fraudulent. Maybe Caria. You could say Caria, the, the undisputed best player in the world at the beginning of the season. Uh, was uh, maybe a little fragile. Yeah, but I was disputing the fuck out of that. <laughs> by the way, I know, I know. Okay, sorry. Undisputed. The, the almost yeah. undisputed. There was there was one voice in a very darkly lit room that was disputing it by himself. But almost everyone was on that. Uh, carry a high dream, myself included. Uh, let's see. But yeah, if you um, have any other ones, please let us know in the comments below. Obviously, Twitch chat that are watching live with us here. Y'all have been uh, doing a great job bringing up some of them. But uh, yeah, let us know. We appreciate all the comments there. All right, next up, time for our favorite segment of the show. It's time for Devoured, brought to you by Trolley Sour Bright Crawlers, where we talk about a player or a moment, or in this case, a team that gets eaten up. In this case, we literally mean eaten up. Shareholders, uh, they got uh, they got theirs, and fans, they got eaten up and are literally lying to themselves saying, it's okay, I didn't want to be in LCS anyways. I never wanted to be there at all. Yes, we're talking about TSM getting eaten up, purchased by Shopify Rebellion, uh, and be taking that slot for the same amount they paid to get into it. Uh, yeah, that, how, how sad is that? How sad is that number that it came out? It's like $10 million. It's like, Jesus Christ. So, so the trajectory is that LCS slots are now worth a third of what they were four years ago. Mm -hmm. That's well, what the fuck? I'm going to be buying a fucking team in like even... six years. <laughs> like I'm going <laughs> to just own a fucking team in six years. <laughs> We'll 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 get into all of the details here right now. It's time for Devoured. All right. If you did some quick maths, now you can figure out how much Dom makes a year. Um, Monty, <laughs> what do you what do you think oh, about who said I'm gonna make I'm gonna make it in a year? <laughs> you just will have that amount of money. Yeah, I'll just have that amount of money. 
Okay. And he too, because as a savvy investor, Dom only in, only invests in products that are declining rapidly in value. <laughs> well, no, that would be that would be a luxury purchase. That's like the shit that I want to have. You know? Ah, no, okay. I've got I've got the fucking investments, Monty. I've got the investments. The house is Good. an investment. Like, are you kidding me? Dom, this what is, would you name the team? Quote: I named the team. Yeah, what would you name the team? Um. Cause you don't, you don't call have him, like a, just call like him Dom's, like, Dom's son. I mean, it, well, I mean, it, like <laughs> easy one, easy one would, would be the sack. You just name the team, the sack. And then each one of them would just be like, we just, we wouldn't, we would just make them name change. They would just be nuts. Number one through five. It'd be nut one, nut two, nut three, nut four, nut five. That would be my fucking squad right there. <laughs> that's how we would uh, get sponsors. Look, we could get a manscape sponsor. Like I've thought about it a little bit. We could get a manscape sponsor. I mean, the energy drink companies, they don't give a fuck what blue your names chew. are. <laughs> yeah. Blue chew. Yeah. Blue chew. I see that all over. Look, those ads are shameless on Twitter. Like you go on Twitter, like the blue chew is just fucking shameless that point most of the fucking audience is going to need that shit anyway like i mean I, i'm i'm pretty fucking good with uh yeah we'll we'll brand it out just give me some time to think but yeah we'll we'll make we'll make the sack happen sack yeah you know we'll just soon enough we'll make the connection with trolley you know yeah, you can't it's, just it's only not... have nuts down there so <laughs> gotta have the worm <laughs> 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 Shout out to Trolley. We love you guys. Love you guys. <laughs> Hold on. Let me just eat a handful real quick after that one. Thank you, Trolley. <laughs> best best sponsor, Trolley Sourbread Crawlers. Thank you. Uh, All right. Let's get this back on topic here. TSM, they got bought by Shopify Rebellion. This is one that was kind of in the works a little bit. I had heard talks that Riot was... I'm trying to figure out with them and another LCS team how to keep them in the league. Apparently, obviously, TSM was like, cool, we're out anyways. And they get bought by Shopify Rebellion. When you heard this news, Monty, obviously, there's a lot of different takes. What it used to mean, what it means for now, what it means for the future of TSM, what it means for Shopify Rebellion coming in, what does it mean for LCS? What were some of your initial thoughts? Well, first off, I was very happy because fuck TSM and fuck Reginald and fuck all their fans. Uh, Agreed. But <laughs> I mean, they don't have any fans left. But like, if if there's somebody, if TF. you were a fan, fuck you anyway. I don't even care if you change teams. Like, you, you were once a TF TSM fan. You're going to hell no matter what. Fuck you. Okay, continue, Monty. Yeah, I, it propped up extremely bad behavior in the league for a long time. Um, you know, there was obviously a lot that was going wrong behind the scenes. Uh, the they were lost to their own fans, which in my mind was despicable. <laughs> uh, well, their fans believed it, even though everybody was telling them it was lies. So maybe they deserved it in the end. You know, we could we could discuss that later. But I am happy to see TSM leave because as somebody who's been around since the inception of TSM, like the amount of lies that organization has told has just been completely outrageous. Their behavior has been outrageous. Um, the the emotional abuse of their players has been outrageous. And even though they were recording it and just putting it out there. Everybody just kind of shrugged their shoulders and thought it was cool for some reason, which is just completely insane to me. Um, but yeah, I mean, couldn't couldn't have happened to a nicer org. As you guys said, the trajectory of the LCS is terrible in terms of valuation. So let's track this. Okay, so EG buys a slot for $30 million. Mm -hmm. FlyQuest, yeah, from Echo Fox. FlyQuest buys a spot. The FlyQuest gets bought for around twenty million. Okay, and that mm -hmm. was much more recent, right? 
And then now we see this is then a little bit later, we see NRG by, by CLG, which was just an equity swap. So $0 were actually exchanged. Madison Square Garden just took an equity position of some indeterminate value, probably, I would guess, between 10 and $20 million based off of NRG's valuation. They took that amount of ownership from NRG, right? And NRG took over the costs of operations. So Madison Square Garden just cuts and runs. And then now we have the $10 million purchase by Shopify Rebellion, which, to what you guys said earlier, is the same value that TSM bought into franchising in 2017. Yep. So, and that's not accounting for inflation, guys. It's not accounting for the absolutely enormous amount of money they lost on this roster, not only because the FDX deal fell through, so they didn't even get that sponsorship revenue or not much of it, but the fact that they paid Sword Art $6 million and they, <laughs> they could have paid used- him more than half of what the <laughs> slot is worth. Think about, I'm, I'm going to tweet that shit. I'm going to tweet. That's so ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, this is a complete clusterfuck. Uh, and it couldn't have happened to a nicer team than TSM. They clearly just want to cut their losses. Now, the question is, where do they go? Uh, Reginald said, well, we're going to be in a major region. So it's beating for world championships. <clears throat> yeah, just like he's he's always been competing for world championships. I mean, I just love the fact that Reginald is just so delusional that he will spend an infinite amount of money on this Quixotic quest to win worlds, which he will never, ever, 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 ever do. Uh, and even if he does, he's going to have to buy a roster like JDG. So he's just going to lose a stupid amount of money to do it, but he just can't let it go. He, he has some insatiable need within him, some insane need to win not even him to buy something that wins at League of Legends, which is why just run your website empire, dude, like make some money, take a break, go do something else. But he's got to do it for some reason. Uh, so whether he does like a branding deal, you know, like NIP did uh, in the LPL, he could possibly buy an LCK slot. I mean, I think the, a number of those teams would probably be willing to sell at this point in time, given what I know of the business of the LCK. But again, you're still going to be losing a bunch of money. So, you know, what's, it's just a bad business. It's a bad business right now. Uh, <clears throat> for note, they are world champions. Uh, they just won Apex Legends, which I love Apex. And TSM yeah. just won. But... Again, that is an expensive roster. Imperial House is one of the biggest streamers in Apex. Yeah, and yeah. just in You could general, probably make like, money off of that. Yeah. Compared you could probably to, make money off of that. Here's, here's what I propose. And I need to ask our expert here, uh, Monty. What happens in the quest to win, and because they're spending a lot of money elsewhere, and we've seen TSM trying to be a little bit more savvy with their wins, what if they buy in the LPL like a younger team, an upstart team with high, high upside OMG. By OMG. <laughs> Dom, what do you do? OMG is not that young, actually. <laughs> like, there's younger teams out there, man. Like, for Dom, example, what do you <laughs> Look, Dom's trying to make it not attractive. Like, no, no, no. These guys are too don't, fucking don't expensive. Buy this no. I'm, all right, here comes used car salesman Dom of the LPL. All right. Do your, do your TSO, do your Reginald sales pitch for which L L LPL team he should buy in order to, you know, convince him to buy a lemon. What is the I mean, what is the lemon of the LPL? It's gotta be like Ultra Prime. Oh, oh you <laughs> I mean Ultra Prime, anyone's legend, maybe. The thing about anyone's legend is like 
they could not be terrible. I mean, actually, sword art's on anyone's legend. Maybe they'll just buy it just so they can have sword art back. Maybe they, they're just really fucking addicted to this guy and what he brings. Like they scouted him, you know, they thought he was one of the best supports in the world. They paid him as such. So, you know, maybe maybe they he had actually his scam him out of a car, you know. Yep. And I, I think Peter Zhang can't come back to NA, but he's still coach in China, right? Like he's in China right now. So Peter Zhang could actually just be their fucking coach. It's gotta be anyone's legend, actually. Yeah, the connections run too deep. It makes sense. All right. Sorry, I didn't mean to derail us there with the uh the nightmare that would be uh TOMG, TOMG. <laughs> I mean, OMG has much, like OMG is not a like. I mean, yeah, they're yeah, fine. yeah, they, yeah they they're a to... legacy LPL work. Yeah, have you seen their spaceship? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, yeah, I have not would... seen their spaceship. What? OMG spaceship. LPL spaceship. Their training base looks like a spaceship. Like I'm when they were when they started going on their run in uh, twenty twenty two summer, that was when like COVID lockdowns like hit again for China. So they were playing all the games from home from their spaceship and they got an insane spaceship buff. Like they were so good in their spaceship. <laughs> like, how could you not be? Like you feel like you're literally like controlling a fucking battle cruiser or something. Like, it's just so insane. Oh, I see it now. That's nuts. This is nuts. That yeah, some of those training facilities in China are really hilariously weird. This yep. looks like if if I was like a uh uh a tie fighter landing into a destroyer that's what it looks like not like i'm walking through it i'm landing my ship into this massive thing it just looks yeah. massive yeah it's um all right so we've kind of hit the tsm part we can hit that more a little bit more what does this mean for the lcs shopify rebellion and the other nine partners in the lcs i mean the shopify oh. rebellion like that's such a god damn bro like that's a next level like sponsored name i guess like what i'm thinking about sponsors like geez like i mean you get you have it in other regions right i mean if you look at the lck teams they're all just brand yeah. new like the shop of I rebellion it just sounds so strange to me like the shot like the, how like how does the rebellion tie into like the shopify culture like that's what i'm trying to figure out like <laughs> look, look we're rebelling look, by buying like i don't, I don't even this what is, is not shopify? the one you want to this is not the one you want to complain about okay rollster for kt is literally the words roller coaster jammed together okay yeah. <laughs> but the thing is like those so are like complain about so, rebellion <laughs> but, but i mean the thing is it's like those are so, like such a legacy like how long has kt rollster been a thing you know like it's been a thing well, for so fucking long that it's like it, it just has it's like endearing in a way I think they changed the name to Rollster in 2009. They used to be KT Magic Ends, so not Magicians. It was Magic and then the letter N, Magic Ends. <laughs> okay. And then, uh, I'm sure you guys know this, but they briefly, so the KT's basketball team, so they have a basketball team in Korea, is called the Sonic Boom. So they changed their name in 2009 for a couple yeah, of weeks. Finger to Boom. KT Finger Boom, uh, because they thought it was like, Sonic Boom, but because esports players play with their fingers, that they would call themselves Finger Boom. So you yeah. guys can Google it. You can Google KT Finger Boom, and you'll see their logo. Um, and then when <laughs> people started laughing at them, they quickly changed it to KT Rollster. KT Finger Boom. <laughs> Which uh, I think I think Wolf and I are going to make some KT Finger Boom shirts, uh, or I think Wolf already has like a hoodie. Uh, of KT Finger Boom that he had made, but when we're in Korea, when I, now that I'm in Korea, I think we're going to make some KT Finger Boom merch uh, for Worlds. 
Um, but anyway, uh, th I think since 2009. So they are kind of a legacy team. But I'm actually really in favor of what Shopify Rebellion is doing because, look, guys, every other esports business model has failed. What hasn't failed is SK Telecom and KT and some of these teams that have been in Korea that are owned partially or wholly by these organizations that is used as a less expensive way to do marketing, right? And so instead of getting a sponsor, the sponsor itself owns the team, which means that they are paying less money if they want to have this, this level of sponsorship. It's also a toy, which is good in some ways, because then you don't care as much about losing money. And the reason why that's good is because the CEO of Shopify is famously a big StarCraft and esports fan and actually cares about esports as a scene. So, and he's also extremely rich. So if he can afford this toy and it's serving as a more efficient marketing spend, perhaps this is how esports teams should be run in the West as well, like the ones that you're talking about in Korea, Dom. I'm looking it up now. At Shopify Rebellion, we want to take a deep dive of what makes eSports so great. The human stories that are told in-game and off-screen. The wit, the discipline, the endless pursuit of mastery. So, I mean, it has TLO, who is, for the longest time, he's a great yep. StarCraft StarCraft 2 player, right? Does TLO? Yep. Well, yeah. he, was he, was with fun, he was a fun StarCraft 2 player. He was very <laughs> inventive. He was, he was briefly on top of the scene, like, in the very early days. Um, but, yeah, he is a well-known StarCraft 2 player. Right. They have teams in Dota 2, Halo, Rocket League, uh, StarCraft, obviously Valorant, and a couple of content creators. I'm looking. They have two content creators. Uh, and so, you know, I, I think you've kind of hit a lot of the points that Shopify has here where it's owned by a bigger organization. It is obviously Shopify itself is competing against all the other, uh, uh, what is it, sales platforms that you can use to sell against. So kind of interesting that they're supporting this and hopefully they continue to make enough money and hopefully they find the value here because they are getting, you know, the most storied franchise slot in the LCS. And I don't, I wonder how much of that is going to carry over into this season and how much of it is just uh, a brand new start. And they, they just start from scratch and Shopify is creating their own legacy and no nod to TSM at all. Look, I'm really happy about the new teams that have come in. Like other people might be doomers, but I'm super happy that NRG came in because I trust their management. Uh, I trust Andy Miller a lot. And honestly, like NRG has done a better job with content than almost anyone in the LCS uh, since they took over, uh, at least in terms of view viewership, right? They have a pretty big content engine, especially associated with some of their other teams and their social media um, kind of empire. And I think they're what we're seeing right now is we're seeing some savvy owners get in at a lower price point who are going to run things more sustainably, in my opinion. So I think that Shopify Rebellion Energy taking over for CLG and TSM is A+. Love it. And instead, we're seeing Toast spend the money on Challengers League. So we'll see how long that lasts or if, you know, the, you know, our, I guess, creators will get their opportunity to to do that right now but it's still the big orgs in the lcs um all right well there you have it tsm getting devoured no more tsm their banners will live on uh and their game cribs will also be watched very uh nostalgically i guess i remember I mean, very they, they gave up so hard i'm so uh, the thing that i care the most about with it 
is that the teams that don't want to be in the LCS clearly are getting the fuck out of the LCS. Like, I, I don't want to see TSM, like they gave up on content completely. They, they decided like, oh yeah, we're not going to do the TSM legends or we're going to like stop doing them weekly or whatever. They gave up on that. They gave up on fucking roster building. Like they didn't care about their roster anymore. They went for the most budget roster in existence. They signed fucking Ruby. Like that's how you know they really didn't give a fuck. They signed fucking Ruby. Like just get the fuck out if you don't want to be here. Yeah. Get the fuck out and get a new org game that has some like life in it. Like energy, when you look at, at their stuff, like I, I'm looking at their social media a lot. Um, and you can tell that the that like they just care more about stuff. They're trying to make stuff happen, right? Like they're doing the videos where they're like, I hired a coach on Fiverr to coach me and it pretended to be silver with like the LCS players. Those are good videos. Like one of them hit like 150k. Yeah. yeah. Like they're actually getting I just want the orgs that actually want to be here, like, or like they, they want to give it a shot. I want them to be there. I'm looking up their numbers now because it, it's a slow start. Anytime you build up a new channel, it just takes a while. Like that's that's always what it's going to be. You can't just I mean, hop it's just on so hard now because like like this is just the point where like it feels like so many fans have given up on the LCS. Like there's not many fans that are like willing to like give it another shot. It feels like it's going to be very hard to to revive it at this point. I, I, I feel like in, in to your point, it requires such a big change or something big to happen to to make it happen, which is why uh, I'm bringing in. Which is why I need uh, to buy a team. Yeah, I mean, I would why do it. Why don't here? Here's an idea. Why don't you, ULS, and Cadrill all chip in and buy a team together, and then you, know, you guys I've can just discussed <laughs> buying a team with LS before. Yeah, like, we you should. You guys like are this. fucking. Don't don't do that. Don't do that. And like, no, not really. No, you're look, just teasing everybody. You, no, no, you, no. Like I, you, I, Kedril, I, 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 LS. You can ask LS. We've like we've talked about like combined like with sponsors trying to like buy a team. Like, see if it's like a possibility. I think I think you guys should all buy the three of you should buy a team together and then you should just record all of your GMing conversations and arguments with each other. It would be hilarious. <laughs> that would be content. You would get more views. Not? You get more views than uh, Astralis all in one video. Boom. All right. Let's move on. Devoured, done. TSM, gone. We won't talk about them anymore except when we want clicks or want to laugh at something. Uh, we'll move on to the main portion of today's episode, Galaxy Brain Club. It's time for our favorite moments of 2023. We got we got a lot of the a lot of the frauds out, which were some of our yeah, I guess funny moments. It led to <laughs> funny content that we put out. We got TSM out of the league that's also a pretty good moment you know i guess we could have yeah, thought that's, that one that's a really fucking good moment that was like... but now let's get into the rest of the good moments the feel good moments the moments that make us remind us why we love this damn league why we love this game and the ecosystem so let's get into it today's galaxy brain club discussion favorite moments of 2023 all righty who wants to start me all right i'll start Start. Everyone knows what my favorite moments are. T1 <laughs> choking both finals, just getting fucking oh, shit God. on by Gen G. That was just great to watch. Like that was that was one of my favorite moments. It's like it's so sweet. I was kind of mad seeing T1 go on the run in summer, but then seeing them lose finals, it all made sense why like God set everything up like that. You know, it's just it's so perfect watching this team lose finals, and especially the spring one, man. The spring one was fucking crazy because they were such insane favorites i mean we would always reference it but the odds for them to win a series to win the finals when they were down 
zero two. They're zero two. We're like they had three odds to win a series where normally any other team would have like 15 odds to win the series because people were so delusional that this was like the greatest team ever created. So man, watching T1 lose, it was great. And then also just watching them get shit on by both Chinese teams at MSI. It's like, fuck bro. The only thing I was, I was upset about is that we didn't get like the third, fourth. We didn't get OMG and MSI. We didn't get like the whole fucking roster of Chinese teams to just get run a fucking train on them. Just one after <laughs> another. I wanted to see them just get trained down, make that shit quadra elimination so I can watch the Chinese go ham on that T1 booty hole. So that's, that's what I was looking forward to. But unfortunately it didn't happen. You know, they only invite two Chinese teams because we have to spend half the tournament watching brazil play against uh <laughs> golden guardians or whatever the fuck so it is what gotta it is. get our uh, well, we golden guardians dom dom you can't complain too much the msi format was significantly better this year at least we got to chinese teams you know Monty, it's exactly what you Look. said nice being fucking <laughs> punched is a lot nicer than being stabbed thank you <laughs> dom that's your ingratitude towards riots is is appalling in 10 years we will have three chinese teams at msi okay we just have to wait another decade and that's we'll true. we'll finally get it it we're, we'll become a real esports by the time 50 years of competition have elapsed hey man i'm just going to say the world cup doesn't have but the All World the European Cup teams there. I the know, I know you hate the World sucks. Cup, but you know what? The World Cup makes a shit ton of money around the world. <laughs> and it's like one of the biggest spectacles. I don't care and about that. with the Olympics. I'm a purist. I only care about my experience, okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the the T one choking and uh, train wanting all that stuff there for Don Monty. Uh, Monty, what were some of your favorite moments of the year? Look. We won two holy wars this year forever, which is EG and TSM. <laughs> we finally won. I outlasted TSM. This is great. You know, the, the horrible management is out at both of these teams. Uh, you know, as, in spite of all the horrible things that these teams have done, uh, we did eventually manage to get both leaderships out of League of Legends, which is a massive, massive win. I mean, sure, you might have outlasted her, but Nicole Lapointe is still the Warren Buffett of esports. So who are you? <laughs> that's, that's my question. One of my favorite all-time quotes in esports. What the fuck does that even mean? I no one knows. <laughs> no one knows. But it's provocative. It gets people going. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is bro <laughs> one of my all-time favorite quotes is that uh nicole is the the warren buffett of esports truly the greatest esports mind of our generation of she was in esports for like three years and she's the warren buffett it's so ridiculous i don't understand like people do the most fucked also, up shit but it's like they always get this like past like She's going to go on to her next job and she's going to just show that she was the Warren Buffett of esports on her fucking resume. It's so great. <laughs> I just I just love that it, it you know this, it has nothing to do with the investment. Like if anything, she came in and they spent 30 million dollars and now their spot is worth somewhere between an equity an equity swap and 10 million dollars. She's like the Enron of esports. Like, <laughs> <laughs> She <laughs> did some fucked up shit. <laughs> like, 
She's going to esports jail. I mean, it is what it is. The 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 Kenneth Lay of esports, right? Like I I just I I don't know of esports. <laughs> just scamming scamming her way into into the industry and then straight out because she definitely wasn't fired. By the way, voluntarily stepped down. It's crazy, you know. I I wouldn't think that uh, you know Warren Buffett stepping down from Berkshire Hathaway would be celebrated like this, but. What do I know? <laughs> I I mean, I just love that you could just say this about, I, I mean, that whole email, just calling her like comparing her to Sean Connery as well. is just. <laughs> might, might as well have said uh, owns owns the Margaritaville of of esports. I know that's Jimmy Buffett, but I think that's what the owner of Peak 7 or whatever the fuck was thinking. because It was just way, way, way uh, off base. I, I really want to know what they were thinking. Like, is it? Oh, they she made great investments at the right time in terms of players, and we won a championship. Like, or we made like so many finals. There was fandom. I don't, they rebranded and then re rebranded and then re 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 rebranded. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what that person was thinking. It's crazy to think how out of touch people are. Uh, can be uh, compared to owners like Jack or I would say like uh, Nade or like people that are a little bit more hands-on and are familiar with the scene. Um, kind of, kind of nuts. Uh, but that's, those are, those are good ones. These are, I guess these are your favorite moments. Again, I don't know. Monty's yours are positive. It's a positive by negative, right. you know, but like, you know, <laughs> yeah. I wanted, I wanted some heartwarming ones, guys. Why would you ask us? We are like the two most cynical people in esports right. history. Because like, it's exciting will, when you guys do heartwarming things. I will, I will give you some good cool. ones that, that made me very happy. So KT actually being pretty good this year, that made me super happy. Nice. My, my, my favorite heartwarming moment is Keen's rehabilitation after being terrible last year. He's one of my all-time favorite players. He looked amazing for large stretches of this year, until even though KT... Uh, uh, look, he was okay. <laughs> he was okay in playoffs. Until playoffs, look, mm -hmm. KT fans mm -hmm. are used to this. This was a lot better than the iteration of KT we had last year. I, was, I am excited to see KT go to Worlds. I'm excited to see how they'll do. I'm used to, I'm inured to the disappointment, Dom. So it doesn't get to me anymore. The fact that KT was even kind of good is 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 a big upgrade. But I love watching Keen play. He's one of my favorite players. And to see him bounce back after having probably the roughest year of his career back last year, not knowing if he was ever going to be good again, and then to see his versatility and strength in the top lane has been really quite fun for me. Uh, other heartwarming moments. I loved seeing BDS and especially Crown Shot do, do well. Uh, yeah, I, I have a, I have a big soft spot for Crowney as a person, and I know he grinded really hard to get back into LEC and to have him be the dominant carry on a team that almost won one of the splits and turn things around in a big way for BDS and now have a shot to do things at Worlds is is really fun for me. Um, I like the fact that we saw NRG do well after the sale from CLG and we got to see uh, Palafox hit contracts. A Contracts and Palafox hit their their big moments within the playoffs and then pull off this incredible upset run in North America and have a North American core actually do well uh, and win a title was was really great. Also, so these are some these are some of my favorite moments from this year. Oh, also LNG nearly winning LPL 
because I love that team. And watching them this year, and especially during the summer splits, brings me great joy to see Tarzan and Scout get better teammates, get Gala on board, and then take it to some really exciting series versus JDG. Also happy to see JDG doing so well. Unlike the other super teams that were frauds, this is like the biggest anti-fraud team possible. Maybe, you know, they're heading into Worlds, definitely the favorites there. Are they going to be able to do, you know, win both splits of LPL, MSI, and the World Championship? That's super hype, and I love to see ruler um you know moving over and, and doing well with with that team yeah uh i think uh for me obviously it was that moment to it was when they were doing the interview when gabby was doing the interview with contracts and seeing him be able to do the championship interview that uh, i was down on the floor on the on the on the stadium floor with some other rioters where no i one thought you were like fell to your knees Fell to my knees. Yeah. I, I thought Dion really was going to say his favorite moment was, was Gabby stepping down from the LCS. No. <laughs> no, that's not, no I hate that. I hate that. Uh, I think she was, was, was misused. She was misused. She was yeah. misused. Yes. I yes. do feel bad for her. Yes. Uh, I think that that has to be like such a great moment. You know, we had so many interviews throughout the split where we were able to make jokes about Golden Guardians. There's like a, like a, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say this, but whatever, a no disparagement clause that had a time on there. And like, we are past that now. So we could talk about it if we wanted to, not that we had to. And then just to go see his growth as a player was pretty good. I think one thing that I'll, one thing that I think people were kind of aware of, but didn't realize. So Utapon. Over for Detonation Focus Me, the long-standing player for Detonation Focus top Me. Laner. Had to go switch to top lane because told to their academy guy quit. Uh, there was abuse between the coach or whatever, or mismanagement, whatever they use. They find the team. And is now going to Worlds as a top laner. Like, he, he didn't do like... Failed, dude. <laughs> yeah, he didn't go like AD carry to support. He didn't go like what High did. High went as like support slash jungle. I forgot which one it was. He went from AD carry to top. And like was playing tank tops. He wasn't playing like Vayne top or just Nar. Like he was playing the whole gamut of things. So it's uh, it was really cool to hear see an older vet be the leader that is needed for a team and, yeah. and go that direction. I think that was that's a really cool storyline. You know, as always, that will probably die in the play-ins, but it's something cool that we get to like live as as the uh, league ecosystem here. Yeah, I mean, um, we'll have to see if Evie can play AD carry because I think that Utapon might be a better top laner than him, which means that <laughs> Evie would probably have to also roll swap in order to rejoin that team next year. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Those, I Tom, think what, those are you, what are you going to do if Evie is back on Heretics next year? Have content for another year. I'll flame him for another <laughs> year straight. Like the thing is, LEC. I don't have any like coach to be rights or anything. I can go fucking ape shit over there, so I can just say crazy shit on my stream. That's a I'll good go off. That's a good sale. That's a good sale. Um, let me think. Is there another LCS feel good? Like I guess good moment. I guess Golden Guardians. Like the whole six A, six A, and like the vets. So six A. Who he and Licorice kind of proving them, proving them wrong and showing showing that growth. I think the Sticks A story was really cool in the spring, and then I think he still performed well in summer, and you know possibly having an opportunity to to go to Worlds with this uh, you know qualifier matchup here. But yeah. that that kind of redemption story, given the fact that even show like ours where it's you want quick turnover for a team that's close, 
And that does include like moving on from vets that maybe don't got it or aren't in the right meta or whatever. And to see that story and hear the story between who he and sticks a and who he kind of being the one being like, wake the fuck up. What they're doing is illegal. We have to punish them. And then him, you know, waking up while who he's proven like the being the better half of the hundred thieves team, uh, bot lane duo with him and FBI, them being friendly, seeing those kind of things was, was, was great throughout. So, uh, yeah, congrats golden guardians on that. Feel good. How about OMG actually being like legit? They used to be like a team that would scrape into playoffs. Now people are calling them frauds. You know how good you have to be to be called a fraud? <laughs> like, them getting seventh is fraudulent. Like they, they, even by like the people that loved OMG, I was predicting them like eighth or like ninth coming into spring. Like they were in my like, ma- the, they could scrape into playoffs. They, ha- they hadn't won a playoff series in forever. And like in summer, um, they obviously went to five games with, with EDG. And, you know, that was an underperformance, right? They had a bad series. In spring, they made top four. OMG made top four. How the fuck did that happen? OMG beat top esports. Like, that that might be the most excitement I've got watching League in the last five years, was watching them beat top esports and then watching them beat OMG or beat LNG. OMG just beating LNG is fucking crazy to me. Like, LNG was 13-3. and LNG was supposed to be a favorite. Like, they were, they were a team that could have... You know, they were in the conversation to win the whole league. And OMG was able to beat those two teams, go to five games with BLG. Like, they they showed out. So, I mean, that was, uh, that was probably, like, one of my favorite moments, actually seeing a team that I've, like, followed so closely, even though they were bad for a long time, actually seeing them succeed. Yeah, I guess, yeah. From a global standpoint, I appreciate you putting OMG on our radar, Dom. Because without without you pushing that one, I I remember my drive down from Virginia because uh, I flew in uh, back to my parents' house to drive down to Raleigh uh, and watching that match live, watching their like playoff run in the spring live. That was like a lot of fun. wouldn't Wouldn't have been aware of how fun they were without you there. So I think that's a pretty good uh, story as well. All right, cool. I think we got good moments Man, I, from uh... everywhere. Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm really glad you, you mentioned hi there, Degon, because I really miss him being in the league. He was such <laughs> a feel good. He was such a feel good player, and I know a lot of you guys have really fond memories of, of high when he was on Cloud Nine in the early days, or maybe when he switched to FlyQuest. But if you would like to bring back that feeling of high, you can go to thefreezepipe.com and feel good. Because <laughs> his freeze pipe right there. Uh, by the way, guys, at thefreezepipe.com, uh, they do have a, a vape pen now, which I was really enjoying before I left the states. Uh, and it's a it's super super nice, very smooth draw, very portable, like really feels high quality, like has a super nice weight to it. So you can get the usual bongs, bubblers, everything else. But now you can get a vape pen over there as well. And if you use code LFN for Last Free Nation at checkout, you can get 10% off your entire order. So there there you go. Thanks to High, bringing back the memories, feeling good, all ties into the freeze pipe. Thanks, okay. freeze pipe. Appreciate you <laughs> for making it happen. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I think we hit all the big things of our uh, review episode of 2023. Oh, we got to talk about Asian games just a, a very quickly. I did not quickly. watch one second of it. <laughs> I saw, uh, I saw uh, what uh, the South KSA 
Saudi Arabia team steal Baron away uh, from 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 Korea. That was pretty cool. And, and the reason why, guys, we're not going to talk about it. We're, we're making a segment here to not talk about something is that it was on an ancient patch. <laughs> and uh, the only thing that really mattered was that Korean players, and it does really matter, are, yes. no, are now military exempt. So this means that Faker doesn't have to go to the military, Chovy, all the guys. So if you win, the, the rules are in Korea. If you go to an Olympics event, and this is from the International Olympics Committee, and you win a gold medal, so you can do it at the regular Olympics or at the Asian Games, um, you get exempted from your military service. It is one of the only ways you can get exempted, which means that you can save. It's not two years any longer. I think it's about 18 or 20 months uh, now the military service length. But obviously, um, you know, you have to do that before you get too old, which could cut players' careers short. This means that, uh, yeah, we don't have to have... Uh, sadly, it wasn't it wasn't keen, but, uh, you know, Zayas and Karia, Chovy, Kanavi, um, those guys, Ruler, will no longer have to go to the military, which is great for League of Legends and great for the fans and great for the, the LCK and, I guess, LPL. You know, I care less about that. Wow. Okay. I'm I'm looking. I'm looking real quick. So okay. It military service is normally like twenty four months, two years. Sometimes it's, it's less, less twenty now. It's it's less now, I think. But uh let's see. Professions that are exempt from military service, violinists, pianists, ballet performers can get exceptions, uh, exemptions, as well as those who have won medals in the Olympics, specifically a gold medal in the Asian Games. So if you win in the Olympics, you can get anything. Asian Games, they had to win. There you go. That's why, that's why they stomped every team there. Definitely not just because they're better than everyone else. Sun Hyung Nin, Tottenham Hotspurs uh, forward, got an exemption. He's one of the best soccer players in the world. Or health issues. Those are the two reasons why you can get it. Not a lot of reasons why you get out. So that, actually, I think that is pretty big news. We've got Faker for... A little bit longer. <laughs> a little bit longer. <laughs> uh, which is, uh, regardless of how you feel about T1, it is objectively super important for the for League of Legends, the esport as a whole, to have Faker participating. You saw the viewership decline pretty significantly when he was out this season. So he is the superstar of the of the esport, and the longer he can participate, the better it's going to be for absolutely everybody. Yep. All right. Well, with that, friends, we've hit so many of our segments today, and uh, we appreciate you taking a review and uh, the year that was 2023. We're going to have another episode coming out where we're previewing Worlds <laughs> coming up very, very soon. If you're live, it's going to be very soon and at home. And if you're not live, you're watching this uh, on uh, any of the platforms that you can reach us on TikTok, Apple Podcasts, uh, YouTube. I don't know why I said TikTok first. Or any of the other uh, homes here. Make sure you subscribe, leave a comment below, get the interaction going for us so that we can continue to uh, provide content to you all. Uh, it'll be up uh, soon. This this week because it's October 9th, 6th, 9th. October 9th is when our Worlds Qualifying Series match plays. And then we start Worlds the very next day. Kind of crazy. Kind of crazy. So things are about to kick on off. All right, y'all. We'll catch you guys very shortly. Thank you so much for watching. We appreciate all of you guys. We'll see you very soon.